Subscribe to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. In a world overrun by content, the line between good and terrible is blurred by the very people who create and sell it. In a sound studio in New England, two average Joes are pushing back, giving their observations and recommendations on comics, video games, TV, movies, and more. Two men, one quest, one desire. You're listening to Coach and K-Rock's Nerd Pod. Hey, Nerd Pod fans, we have a special midweek episode for you. This is the full interview that Coach and I did with Marilyn Gigliotti uh, from Clerks in celebrating the 25th anniversary of that release. Coach. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Um, super excited. Uh, this is uh, we're going to cover topics today. Uh, you know, like uh, you know what what it felt like to be on set to the Merrimax purchase of the film to relationships. Uh, you know, on the set and with uh, and controversy with Jeff uh, Anderson and and some other things that's been going on in her life. So it's uh, it's a great interview. Uh, we're going to run it in its entirety, and um, yeah, this is the first of the 25th anniversary uh, clerks. Uh, interviews. Uh, we have more to come. Uh, more actually will, will come out right after um, our next Nerd Pod. So exciting times. Uh, we'll let her take it from here. It's Marilyn Gigliotti from Clerks. Big moment for me on the Nerd Pod today. Um, we have a very special guest, as I've been teasing for uh, a couple of weeks. Um, it's Marilyn Gigliotti. Am I saying that right? I, I even I you screwed got it. up. Yeah, you did. Right. You said so it perfectly. I, I landed that pretty good. So I know I've heard you say, "Just drop the H, and you'll be safe." Right? There just you go. <laughs> just ignore the H. So, uh, so thank you so much again for for coming on. Really excited. Um, it's a big year for uh, Clerks fans. It's the 25th anniversary, and you know it was your uh, post on Instagram that actually gave me the idea of you know we should fo- focus and do a little. Uh, something on the nerd pod uh, around the 25th anniversary. So you are the first and best uh, guest of that group that uh, is going to come on. And we're really excited about that. So I'm so honored. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. So to start off, I mean, we're almost to the day right now. um, And, and 25 years ago on this, I think very day, you would have been at Sundance, right? For the first time. Talk yeah, well, me. the first screening of Sundance was actually yesterday, yesterday, 25 okay. years ago. I had not landed yet. Um, oh, okay. I was not, yeah, I was not in Sundance as of that moment just yet because I was there. It was it was a two week period, and so they sh- had two screenings. Um, uh, wait a minute, they had either two or three screenings, and I actually just I, I have to look at the post. Um, but I was there for the second half of Sundance because it's a two-week period that they have it. And so um, I was in the air during the second screening and was there then for the last screening. So, yeah, I think it was three screenings that we had. Awesome. So talk to me about, like, those days for you. So you you flew in. Was it overwhelming? Was it, like, what? what how, talk to me about, like, even how it, how it went down like when did you get the call and how it you know sort of yeah talk to me about just the experience overall I guess 
Oh my gosh. Um, I was just looking at my post actually to see how many screenings <laughs> there were. Yeah, there were four screenings. So, um, gosh, uh, you know, when I got there, I was on my way there by myself. Um, Kevin, uh, Scott and Dave, I think were the only three that were there at that moment. Oh, and, um, uh, maybe a couple of other guys as well. Okay. And so I got there, they were all out. We all basically, Kevin was very kind to have us crash at his place <laughs> so that we can <laughs> all afford to be there. Um, and, um, I, I was really pretty much kind of like figuring my way around, mm-hmm. uh, dropped off my luggage, figured out my way of where I had to go to pick up my badges and all the information and just was walking around and people immediately were already recognizing me. That must have been crazy. <laughs> that was extremely crazy, surreal. Um, <clears throat> I mean, there, there is just, there's just no words to put to how you feel at that moment when you, you haven't even seen it there yet. People are already recognize you walking around town. So it was cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Yeah. Um, and it's trying to remember. It's like, I, I can't remember what day it was that Brian went in. Um, but I, did go to a screening of some other film, and while I was in the lobby waiting to go in, in walks, um, oh my gosh, the founder of, of Sundance, Robert Redford. Oh, wow. And so I'm just kind of looking at him and trying to be ins- inconspicuous as well while I'm looking at him. Um, and the, the, <laughs> the one thought that, they, that came into my mind was, it's like, huh, he's really wrinkly. So... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, he's like, he's old, so obviously, is, but, yeah. <laughs> and then that was 25 years ago. I so was going to say now, 25 years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when Brian came in, um, we were walking around town and again, people were recognizing me, but because Brian had shaved his goatee, nobody was remember, re- recognizing him. <laughs> you must've loved that. <laughs> so, so I was basically every time somebody would recognize me and I'm like, Oh, and this is, this is the guy who played Dante. <laughs> <laughs> so I it just kind of um, popped in my head here. Like today, I'm sure it's different because like you could be on a flight getting text messages saying, Oh my God, wait till you land. This is crazy. But back then we never had that. It's like yeah. you, you had no idea until you actually showed up and was actually in front of somebody talking to them. What was that feeling like? Right. So it's like, maybe it was Kevin or Brian, or whoever they're like, Marilyn, you'll never believe what's going on. Like how, what was that moment like? I, you know, I, I couldn't even tell you because I, I don't, I'm trying to remember. was kind of going on around that time. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's like, I, I'm sure it was probably that night and they were probably telling us what was kind of going on, but I honestly couldn't even tell you. I, I just do not remember or recall. Um, I just recall that that five days being there was just a whirlwind um, mm. of going through press junkets and interviews and photo shoots, um, trying to get the lay of the land. What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? Where are we going to eat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then um, 
it's like there's certain moments that are vivid and that's basically when we were at the Greek theater and the band was playing and Cheech Marin is there and Brian and I are just kind of waiting to hear word about the meeting with Miramax and Kevin. Um, and it was, it was quite a while too, before we, we heard anything. And, and then once we hear that Miramax bought it and Brian and I go back to um, the hotel that we were at or the condo and just kind of, not really being able to fall asleep because we were just kind of talking about how this was all going to affect us and will how will it affect us if it will affect us and and I don't mean you know personally I'm as far as like who we are I'm talking about just you know what will it do for careers and and for me honestly I'm going to say I, I was afraid I, I just you know as much as you want this when you're getting into it, it's also kind of a fearful thing because at that time, this was when paparazzi was really kind of starting to pick up and mm -hmm. the whole anonymity and, you know, whether you're going to have, uh, uh, I, I don't know. It, it, it was terrible. I don't know. It was terrifying actually. Wow. <laughs> no, I, I believe that. And, and we, we talked, you know, we were talking about this off air and, and, you know, before we got on, on the, the interview and, and we work in startups, right? So where, you know, that's, that's sort of the thing with the show is that we're kind of average Joe's that, that, that do this show on the weekend. And we work at startups for, you know, the reason of, you know, it's better than going to, um, you know, a, a corporate structured job that already exists. Like we take a risk that the company may not be there in six months, but on the other side, we get sort of stock options and we get, you know, that if, if it goes public it, or, or, you know, it gets acquired, we make more than the average person would make and we get more recognition on our resume. And we, and so uh, we were kind of drawing the comparison to you guys guys as like, you know, if the movie was a startup, you guys were like, you know, the third and fourth employee for Uber, right? Like you, yeah. you, you show up and then the next day or, or, you know, soon thereafter within a few months, it's like, boom, you're there and you're getting recognized in an airport. That has to be a surreal feeling. But at the same time, you know, I've heard you describe um, the casting call as like, oh, a kid is, is making a movie and he's yeah. casting for it. Right. Like it, it, it were these like, uh, so boom, you, you do your, your audition, you end up getting the role, you shoot the film in whatever, 20 something days. And then it, this happens. Did you guys talk about like, uh, was this around the quick stop in the middle of the night? You said, well, if this thing really pops off, then this is how it's going to go. And I, I guess that's in any independent film, which you've been in many, plenty. I, mm -hmm. Is that the conversation? Do you guys say, yeah, well, if we, if this thing does actually do well, what happens? Do I get the likeness of the dolls that my face are on? And like, <laughs> how, in, in, the, in the early stages, how does that, and especially around clerks, because... I just, I'm not sure you guys ever thought that it would get like this, or maybe you did. Uh, how does that, uh, did that play in? Was that a factor in any of this? Not at all. <laughs> no, you know, I, for me, I can only speak for me. It was about 
remembering my lines, <laughs> um, you know, and then going to work in the morning and then going there at night, um, having one or two nights of basically no sleep and, and then having the pickup shots on the weekend. So, I, I mean, I was probably there two or three days total out of the shoot. Um, so nothing near as bad as far as, you know, not getting any sleep for Jeff and Kevin and Brian and Scott and Dave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And who all played uh, but, multiple roles in the movie. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's not a conversation any of us ever had because we were too busy making sure that we got the shots, making sure that we set our lines correctly, that we didn't, you know, excuse my language, but fuck up. Yep. Um, you know, and after the fact, it was just going through the experience of like, oh, wow, you know, this, we did this kind of a thing. Um, I don't, I don't know that we ever had the conversation until possibly that night uh, after finding out that Miramax bought it. And, but even then it wasn't that in depth. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's always been on my mind because I, I think about, you know, what the, the same thing, if it happened to me, what exactly would happen? Cause I, cause you said it, it's a whirlwind, right? Like you, yeah. you, one minute you're there and the next minute you're gone. So you mentioned, so you said, mentioned Merrimax and um, you know, clearly that they Merrimax and Harvey has, have been in the, in the news and, yeah. you know, <laughs> Kevin very publicly sort of, um, you know, humanized it for himself um, and in, you know, making it right. And, you know, not that he had anything to uh, be responsible for, but exactly. knowing the kind of guy that he seems to be, he needed to humanize it for himself and, you know, make peace with it. Uh, my question to you is at that point when, when, you know, Merrimax was in talks and you, it, you, did Harvey already have that sort of, um, you know, did, did his rep reputation precede him at that point or not really? Was it, um, I've heard it both ways. I've heard that, yes, he, you know, the minute that you met him, he was, you could tell what kind of guy he is. Other people were like, no, he was a complete, it was so you couldn't see it at all. What was your experience like with, with you know, being introduced and sort of in that Sundance uh, experience? Well, um, I never met him at Sundance. The first time I met him was when we had a screening at uh, Planet Hollywood in New York. Um, and there were just so many of us, and it was a very quick and kind of thing. So I never experienced that, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, I forget how many years ago that I was in Miami for a convention along with Brian and Jason was there. And uh, I met Joey Lauren Adams for the first time and her husband. And so uh, Brian and myself and uh, Joey and her husband, we all went to dinner one evening. And, and when I did meet Joey, I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to say to her. Um, but when I went to her, I just kind of said, it's like, oh, we almost, uh, I, I almost played opposite you in, uh, in Chasing Amy. Um, and she's like, oh, which character? And I said, well, the girlfriend is like, well, why didn't that happen? And then, and I said, I, and I didn't know what I was going to say. I, I had no clue. 
Um, and what popped out of my mouth was that I was just afraid of challenges at that moment, at that time, and which is true. Um, because the, the, the thing that scared me was, you know, having to kind of mug it out with, with another woman. And I'm not homophobic in any way. My brother's gay. He's married, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It's just, but, you know, that's something that uh, you have to totally be comfortable with. And I just was not comfortable in my own skin. I wasn't comfortable with a lot of things at that time. And uh, at a certain point in my life, I realized that it's like I needed to take challenges. And so if it came around now, I probably wouldn't be as, as afraid or anything like that. But um, during our dinner, um, also kind of, I'm kind of going back a little bit back and forth, but a manager that I had at one point had found out that the reason I had not been in any of some of other Kevin's films was because I had turned down that role. Wow. And when I mentioned that during the dinner, Joey said that probably was not Kevin. That was probably Harvey. No way. <laughs> because for Harvey, if you have ever turned down a role, then you would never be asked again. Asked again. That, yeah, well, that, that's the iron fist stuff, I guess, that, that they talked about. So that's really interesting. And, and you actually did. Um, you know, I was always a little bit hurt as a fan that you, um, you know, I've always sort of had a problem with... Um, in sequels or when you bring another and think about James Bond or think about um, a lot of movies. And I can think of even uh, the Robert, uh, Robert Langdon movies where, you know, with Tom Hanks, uh, I love those books, the Dan Brown books. And when you watch those, it, it, they write a new female character in every, you know, and so you were as important to me in, in that clerk's role, like that group was important. And so when Dante and Jane Silent Bob and Randall came over for the sequel and it came in color, I, I wondered why, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, where's Marilyn? Where is, and, and why, like, is it still falling under this? Like, why don't women automatically get the sequel like men do? And, and it always bothered me that you weren't in. And now I understand why. And, so I really appreciate that. It was a question that I wanted to ask, but didn't want to put you on the spot on why that didn't happen. So I really appreciate you getting into detail on that because it does make me feel a little bit better and makes me, you know, not that I hated Kevin for it or hated Miramax for it, but it was certainly a question that I'd always, uh, you know, stuck in my head. So right. thank you. Thank and, and, you. And, and, no problem. And, and now that leads to the, to to the next question is you're out there right and you're uh, you're in LA or in California and you're you're working you're have you noticed a difference like post me too right so the, the movement happened people came out people took a stand you obviously sat on casting couches and went through um, you know audition after audition before and after have you seen a difference and do you think that it's, you know, do you, do you think that it's top of mind now like it should be? Or do you think that it was sort of passing fancy, you know, some another cause that just kind of comes and goes? Uh, you know, to be honest, I, I have to consider myself one of the lucky ones in, in, in a lot of ways on that. Um, because post clerks, 
I mean, well, in general, I really haven't had as many auditions as one might think. Um, uh, Pre-Clerks, um, obviously, it was it was all community theater that I was doing. So it's not something that would have been one-on-one in that respect because community theater, it's like, you know, they hold auditions and it's, every, you know, everybody is there in a group and waiting to, to do something from the scene, uh, from the, from the script. As far as post clerks, um, there, the one thing that sticks in my mind was, um, I had gotten headshots done and I was kind of, learning my way around as far as what was needed and and scam agencies versus legit agencies and and Mm. things like that so i was getting headshots done because it was recommended by an i will say quote unquote agency (laughs) um and they basically wanted what's called a comp card uh, so that's something that models are would get for modeling jobs. It's like, needless to say, I'm not tall enough to be a model. I'm <laughs> my jersey came out there. Yeah, I, did. I liked it. I heard it. <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm going, and I got these headshots, and then I'm waiting uh, a certain amount of time before I can go and pick them up, and I call to pick the, so that I can go and make an appointment to make pick them up. And some guy answered the phone. It's like, oh, well, you know, this company is no longer around. I bought it. It's like, but if you'd like, you can come over to my place and pick it up. And I was like, mm, red flag. Okay, yep. you know, I'll let you know when I'm on my way. Never, you know, it's like considered it a loss uh, <laughs> because I never went to go and pick up those headshots because I didn't know what I was going into. You know what? I think that's Jersey instincts. I really do. Right. And I'm not sure that a, that a farm girl from Iowa that just got off the bus, you know, doesn't go and pick up her headshot. So thank goodness for Jersey. In that I, you know, that's not to say that I haven't found myself in situations that were uncomfortable for me. That was like, but, but, but that one just kind of really stood out for me. Um, sure. But, but yeah, I mean, and now with the Me Too movement, I mean, even before the Me Too movement, it, auditions, if they were held at someone's house, they're not supposed to be at held at anybody's house or a hotel room or anything like that. It, it was supposed mm-hmm. to be held in a location that was public and for those purposes only. So uh, it was always stipulated. It's like if it's held somewhere, make sure that you do not go alone. Um, and that if it didn't feel right, you don't go in, you leave. Wow. I mean, that seems like the, the, the amount of money that, that, you know, that, that the higher end Hollywood and what people are chasing is after. But I, I think it's that under that underbelly, right? Like it's always, well, yeah. The, well, yeah. And, and the thing is too, it's like one thing to remember, it's like there's, you know, mo- a lot of this information comes from the union side. Sure, that's true and, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so when you're non-union and you've got so many people out here trying to figure out the business, they 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 just come out here totally green. They don't know what to do, what they should do, what what's expected, and what they shouldn't be doing. Especially, mm-hmm. they just go and do the things that they shouldn't be doing most of the time. Chasing the dream, right? Chasing the dream, always chasing the dream out here. You know, 
So that's interesting. And, and so think speaking of chasing the dream, so let's go back, you know, 25 years and imagine we have a time machine and you get to board that plane with 1994 Maryland. What, what exactly would you tell her? I mean, if you had like two minutes of, of advice to give to, to that Maryland, what, what would you say about not only the, um, the Sundance experience, like, you know, would you tell her to slow down and take her time? Would you, and, and then sort of bigger picture, would you tell her to, to take more opportunities? Like what, what would you tell her in sort of a two minute, um, you know, session? It would take far longer than two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I <bet>. um, <clears throat> because the thing is, and that's, a, that's a really hard question to answer, but a great question because even when I moved out here, it took quite a few years for me to find my comfort zone, if you will, sure. where I had to really work on myself spiritually to, to get comfortable where, with who I was, where I was, to just let go and not to be afraid of challenges. So if anything, what I would probably tell her would be to, to start that process a little sooner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, but the thing is too, though, back then a lot of that wasn't available, especially out in New Jersey. Yeah, I mean it is now, but still not to the degree that it is out here. Right. Um, you know, it, it's uh, all about um, working on one's self and and the mindset and and all that. It, that's not something that was really available, and not even when you go to a therapist, you know, and sitting on the couch to talking to the therapist because that what they do is a whole different kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Well, that's, that's great. I, I appreciate it. So you, the other, uh, the last sort of question in, in these lines of questioning is I know that you've optioned, you optioned a couple movies and, you know, directing was on, um, you know, in the, in the plans. If mm-hmm. you, so let's say a check showed up in the mail tomorrow from anybody and it was a, you know, a 20 or a hundred million dollar budget and you just got a hundred million dollar check what project would you, would you pick today and who would you, you know, who would you cast in that project? Ooh, well, I mean, I did option one script um, and it's a very dramatical piece. Um, as to who I would cast, don't know, because I, that's something that I have yet to sit down and think about, but it's a very diverse cast. It's, it's, you know, putting in there, um, African-American and Hispanic and diversity, putting diversity in there instead of the Procter and Gamble. uh, (laughs) 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 Um, You know, and I actually would have loved to have played one of the characters in that. But for me, it's about putting forth the director's hat and making that be my focal point because honestly, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to 
split my hat when I'm directing on my first project because sure. I've already I, like I've already been in a situation where I I am doing multi jobs on a film set and if I'm doing hair and makeup I can so easily kind of do other things that's behind the camera but to do what's in front of the camera and behind the camera I I that's that's too much of a splitting of focus that is needed when you're playing a character. Yeah, that makes sense because and, yeah, yeah. Yes. So I, I get that. So if you're producing and you were laying stuff down and then still doing hair and makeup, that's way different than you know getting it, it going up, showing up ready to uh, to do hair and makeup, and then switching getting your own hair and makeup done and switching. And I know that you've done that before. You did that in um, with the last couple indies. Is that right? Like you did both. I, I did. Well, the first time that I actually did do acting and hair and makeup was in a friend's uh, film, sci-fi film called Alien Armageddon. But the reason I did it at that point was basically I got everybody done that needed to be done. And then I was no longer a hair and makeup artist and I had a couple of hours to just concentrate and getting myself ready for my character. Um, okay. And um, now most recently would have been uh, a short film that I did that's not released yet. It's still in post-production. Um, we did it last year, but that one, it, it was a lighthearted kind of, character so it really wasn't quite as much of a of, of a transition for me to just kind of you know do what i need to do sure. um but yeah when you got a feature film though um and the character is is quite involved in the script and then you've got the directing on on a heavy piece no less it's like there's no way that I'd be able to do that, that split focus. And, and I did uh, direct a short film recently with my film group. And that was even a little bit difficult because I, I was, we all wore many hats mm. and not that I was acting, but I was, I basically did my set design for my, for my piece. Mm. And the fact is too, it's like, when when I had to call um, action for the first shoot for the for the first time that day, I was like, "Oh, right, yes, it's, I have to." I have to. <laughs> it's like it, that's me. That's me. It's like I have to. I have to tell them that it's the, that they have to. They have to act now. Um, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so used to kind of being there for everybody. It's like, okay, what do you want? What do you need? It's like, and just anticipating what everybody needed that I just forgot for a second there. That I was like, oh, everybody's here for me. Okay. <laughs> They're waiting on me. Yeah, yeah. So, so speaking of, of, multiple, of multiple hats, um, you know, it seems like at some point in 2018, you jumped on board with um, the, the kids, um, and I say kids, but the, the guys that are, uh, are doing shooting clerks. And yeah. It seems like um, you know you're pretty heavily involved in that production. Now we, 
did our small part on the GoFundMe. So I can actually say that I co-produced a film with Marilyn. That makes me pretty happy. (laughs) Nice. Very nice. (laughs) Our our names will appear in the credits together that I can pretty much die now. And um, (laughs) so that's, that's a wonderful thing. But so... Tell me what that's been like. I mean, are you, I, I, I know I talked to Ryan recently and uh-huh. he's going to come on and, uh, you know, when it's time for press junkets and when it's time. And I'm hoping that you'll come back at that point and, you know, be able to talk about, um, you know, screenings and actually promoting the film. I know that you guys are not at that stage yet, but I did want to get you to weigh in on, um, you know, sort of what's happening. How did you get involved in that project? And, um, you know, what, 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 I, I do have a follow-up question, but we'll start uh-huh. there. Yeah. Okay, well, absolutely. It's like, you ever want me back? Just ask. Awesome. Um, so, Chris yep. Downey, um, I, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you exactly when it was that he contacted me. And so we Skyped. Um, and he, just, you know, he told me what, was, what his plans were. He had sent me... Uh, the old Ricky uh, shorts that he had done of Jane Silent Bob. And, and he, we talked several different times cause he just wanted to ask me and get all the information that he could from me about that whole time period. And, uh, and I know he talked to a lot of the other people as well, but um. Yeah, it's 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 been a nice experience working with them and and you know considering them my friends and stuff like that. It's like they've been out here a few times already, and I kind of take them under my wing like a little mama bear, yeah. and uh, you know just try to help out as much as I can because I I feel that it only helps me in the long run as well, and that's how I feel with anybody that I ever work with in in whatever capacity. Um, you know, okay, we work together. What can I do now? How can I help? Uh, who can I, you know, who can I introduce you to? And sometimes this is, this is my little problem is like, I am always very eager to help everybody and always have great suggestions for everybody. I have no freaking clue how to help myself though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, that sounds familiar <laughs> you know it's like I always remember like if, if somebody needs something I'm like oh you know what I know so and so it's like let me see if how I can help you know get you two together and you know maybe this can happen and um, you know forgetting that oh huh I do know some people maybe I can actually help myself but I, I'm, I'm bad at actually asking for that help um, and I've been asked, it's like, you know, what can I do for you? How can I help you? And, and lots of times I honestly don't know the answer to that question. So there goes I, that. I think that this is a, a, a wonderful, and, and so my follow-up question, I guess, is did you sort of change the direction of the movie? I imagine that your involvement really helped push it forward, right? I mean, when you have somebody that's that close to everything, um, you know, maybe some of the stories that they heard or maybe some of the rumors or some of the things that were out there, I imagine with you being close to the set and close to those guys that you were, you know, able to set the record straight on some things or, or maybe uh, paint a better picture for them. Were you able to do that in supporting the film or was it more just telling your version of the story? It, uh, you know, it was more my version 
Um, and because I can't really speak on someone else's experience sure. unless I was actually there and, I'll, and I'll only can give my point of view on that. Um, but because I know that they talked to everybody that they could. Yes. And I mean, Kevin, I think was basically the first one on board. I'm, I'm not even I sure. Think that, that might be right. Yeah. Um, so I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much influence I had on, on certain things. Cause I can only talk from my perspective. From your perspective. Yeah. And that makes sense. And, and I know that if I, and I tried to think of it from my perspective, right. If I, uh, because I would love to do the, the project that they're doing, I think it's, it's completely rad, which is why I was really happy to help, you know, in my small way that I could. And mm-hmm. I'm saying, well, if I am shooting this and I could get Marilyn, uh, you know, for an extended period of time, really as a, more of an executive producer than a producer, I would hope that, she, you know, because she's so close with it. Um, but also, so I think that that makes them good filmmakers that they listen to uh, a bunch of different sides. Right. And, and, yeah. and, you know, were able to paint the picture that uh, made the most sense and, and that they did their due diligence. And I think that's going to make for a great movie. So right. that's um, the, the one, the one thing that I will say, you know, which is the little controversial part of this whole thing, which I didn't know was a controversy until I was actually um, interviewed for the 10th anniversary DVD. <laughs> um, because it was sprung on me because I had no clue about this. And, and it was the whole supposed issue that I had with Jeff. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it's like, I, I just don't recall the situation. And when um, I was being interviewed by Malcolm for the 10th anniversary DVD and he asked me about it, I was like, huh? <laughs> um, I, I, I left that interview so, oh God, I'm going to cry. I felt low. I felt really um, just in a place that I, I, I like, well, did I do that? Did I really make him feel this way? Did, why can't I remember? Um, so I, I was depressed about that whole situation for quite a while. Um, and- <laughs> Have and you talked so to him about it at all? Say, I, I was I, I I was afraid of that whole situation for the film. Um and I know that at one point Jeff and I did uh, this was before shooting Clarks, but while I was out here, um this was at the around the time that he directed his film, so you know. Yeah. And when I found out about that, um and I think the interview was after that. I don't think it was the even before that, uh, the, the 10th anniversary DVD. So I had spoken to Jeff via the computers, the early computers at that time. And he told me about now, you know, and I was congratulating him about it. And I had an invite to go to the premiere, but then I never heard anything. And once I got that interview and all that, then I was like, oh, maybe that's what happened with that. It's um, the strangest thing that I've, and, but, but here, you know, I think that the things, if you want my opinion on it, <laughs> I mean, it's certainly your life, but my opinion is when you, when something, 
what you do in the dark often comes out in the light. And when, um, you know, when, when clerks three, and I know that we can't go into this and I don't want to put you in a bad position, but it seems like, um, you've been very forthright <laughs> about everything and answering qu questions directly and, um, understanding, um, the situation as it lies. And I, I'm not going to single anybody out, but somebody that pays attention to these things sees it as, um, you know, maybe an attention grab. And I think that you handled it magnificently, all of it. And I commend you on it. And again, thank you for bringing it up because I didn't want to. So, uh, <laughs> not a problem, not a problem. Uh, I will say this, though. I wanted to say, though, because when, when I found out about that, um, I did write a letter to Jeff or an email, I should say. Um, I don't remember what I said in it because it was so long ago. And um, it was an old email address that I don't, I no longer have access to. Um, I, I would think it's like, I keep so many things, how I didn't keep a, a copy of that. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but that was one thing that we tried to get into shooting clerks was that apology letter. Um, to Jeff in some way and uh, it just kind of became um, a little difficult to to be able to do that and and time wise as far as like the film itself so sure. I, I you know because at one point Chris had mentioned it's like oh well maybe we can record you reading it um, and we can actually put that in the film but I, I, I can't remember the specifics as to why it just didn't it just didn't happen it just yeah maybe time or whatever yeah but very interesting. Well, again, thank you for, um, for talking about it here. And, um, you know, yeah. I think in the show, I'll certainly, uh, in the pre-roll to the show, I'll, I'll certainly cover that um, so that the rest of the listening audience, not just insiders, know what we mean. So, um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass you over to Caleb now for um, the last 10. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> get ready. Get your calculator out because we're gone. Don't sweat it. This is nothing. <laughs> um, so thanks so much, uh, Marilyn. It's been awesome hearing your voice and uh, you know, listening to you, you talk with us. So thanks so much. Oh, thank you, Caleb. Yeah. Um, so we'd like to finish up with the last 10 questions with Marilyn Gigliotti. So first question, are you ready? No. <laughs> Dogs or cats? Dogs or cats? Dogs. What, what kind of dog? I like small dogs. Okay. Favorite fictional character? Oh. Oh. Oh, see, here's the thing. It's like, oh, I'm going to tell you right off the bat. It's like, I don't do favorites because I hate to have to pick one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I can't, I don't, I, I don't have an answer. I'm sorry. Oh, Okay. All right. All right. I'm uh, sorry. It's like it's like when you're asking me a favorite. It's like, uh, how do I pick? How do I pick? And then <laughs> and then the brain just farts really hard, heavily. Yeah, it freezes. That's okay. That, that's <laughs> what these are. These are tough. You were right. Biggest influence. Um, biggest influence. I'm gonna have to say my daughter, Aww. um, because she's my purpose. Love it. Awesome. Openings. Okay. Would you rather go to an opening at a movie theater or stay home and sit on the couch uh, watching something on streaming? Mm, I'd rather stay home, but I'd go to the premiere anyway. 
<laughs> just, to, just to clarify, this doesn't necessarily mean a premiere that you're part of. It's just I want to go see this movie. I'm going to go the opening night. Right, right. Yeah, no, I know. It's like it's it's kind of it's kind of both actually. And to be honest, it will be both because okay. I'd want to be there, but I'd really want to just be lounging in, in, in comfortable shoes on my couch. <laughs> okay, okay. So I'm going to reword some of these. I, I know how you feel about favorite thing. What movie is your comfort movie? Hmm. I don't watch movies multiple times. Mm-hmm. Wow. But it's like when I had TV, because I, I, I'm a Hulu and, and Netflix kind of person now, mm-hmm. um, when I didn't cut the, cut the cord um, and I would watch TV, if um, Ghost was on, I'd watch Ghost. Classic. Uh, I would watch it multiple times. <laughs> that, that's Great, great answer. I love that. Um, same along the same lines for music. What's your musical act? Your go-to? I just Musician, listen to, band. I you know I listen to music in the car and I put the top you know twenty what forty whatever it is you know whatever popular station just plays whatever uh, current music is is playing. Cool. What's the worst job you've ever had? Telemarketing. Oh, we can uh, identify with that, can't we? (laughs) 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 We've done phone sales before. It's tough. (laughs) Yeah, it totally is. Totally. Let's just say I didn't last very long. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. Pizza or Chinese food? Pizza, if I could eat it anymore. I hear you. I can't do gluten, dairy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like pizza. <laughs> <laughs> What's your preferred vacation spot to go to? Hawaii. Away? Hawaii. <laughs> uh, can't, I agree with you there. That was easy. Wow. And now that you've lived on both coasts, east or west? Oof. Well, west for weather, but east for friends and family and and the life kind of a thing. And home is home, right? Exactly. Jersey, exactly. baby. <laughs> Good answer. And that's the last 10 questions with Mary Gigliotti. That was 10. <laughs> Actually, I threw, in, I threw a, an extra one in there about what, what kind of dog. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. 11. 11. We're going to call it the last 11. That didn't seem like it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I told you nothing to worry about. Man, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're thinking about the whole the whole conversation. Yeah. <laughs> that was the puff piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's gonna be. Uh, yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna kind of get that around Instagram and all that. So, uh, no, we won't. The uh, uh, so yeah, um, we're gonna put this together, um, and you know, obviously, I'll send you a copy and. Um, you're the best and I can't tell you how much I appreciate shut up Oliver um I can't uh, there's his little dog yeah, <laughs> what kind of little dog he's a miniature dachshund just like uh Kevin's yeah and he's Ollie he's a little puppy and he's a pain in the butt today yeah um of course right why wouldn't he be on today of all days he's gonna be barking at daddy's feet so anyway <laughs> um so yeah I, I a million times thank you if you um if you want to, I'm going to promote, um, you know, any, everything that you have on the Instagram, obviously in the closing of the show. Okay. And if you have anything, anything that you want to promote, anything you want to talk about, if you want to do your own podcast, and like, 
post it on the channel. Like well, I, I, what I will say is um, that b- because over the summer last year, oh my gosh, holy cow, it's last year already. Uh, we, I, my film group and I, we we did an Indiegogo um, and we raised some money, but with with what we did raise both on and off the Indiegogo, we were able to do three shorts out of eight. So now we're going to be, I'm setting up a GoFundMe so that we can do uh, post-production and hopefully then shoot the other five as well as post-production for those and and all that kind of stuff. So I will be having that and I, I'll send you the link to that the once I get it. That's great. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Awesome. All right, Marilyn, I'll be in touch. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's great meeting you. I I love this. So thanks so much. Thank you, Caleb and Kyle. Bye. Bye. That was our interview with Marilyn Gigliotti. We are thrilled that she had so much time with us uh, that night to basically for us to ask her a bunch of questions about clerks and life and what things have been happening. So we hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, Keep a lookout for more Clerks 25th Anniversary interviews coming your way. And Coach, anything to add? Yes, so uh, it's Marilyn. It's at at Marilyn Gigliotti on Instagram. Um, Her and Scott Shifo and Brian O'Halloran and Jason Muse are on a circuit tour of the of the Comic Cons this year. Uh, many uh, cons across the country will be hosting them. Uh, it's going to be great. There's going to be a ton of panels. There's going to be a ton of photo ops, ton of interview ops. Uh, it's going to be really great. So uh, at Marilyn, Marilyn Gigliotti, you guys know how to find it. Get on Instagram. She's on there. She's on the Nerd Pod uh, um, page as well. Get in there. Check out her tour date. She's coming to a city near you. Uh, check it out. Uh, she's on Facebook. She's on all social media uh she belongs to a film group uh that is making um you know sort of a troupe that's making uh, some films and stuff so keep an eye out for um you know all of that stuff that she's got going on we're so grateful that she came on thank you so much first of many uh happy 25th anniversary clerks thank you for everything and all right boys let's close it down all right boys let's close it down You may have to win all your water Leaning against me like a goddamn bull So close to close, my skin starts to glow Sweat pouring down, singing in my life Blood starts to boil, watch your temperature rise You have been listening to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock from Podacy Entertainment. Be sure to follow Coach and K-Rock to stay up to date on all upcoming nerd pods and Podacy programs on Instagram, which you can find them at Podacy, that's P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, on Twitter, which is at NerdPodacy, which is N-E-R-D-P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, and Facebook, they're at NerdPod.